It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. Susan Smith helps machine quilters create with confidence, freedom, and joy through her business, Stitch by Susan. She also has a podcast called Measure Twice, Cut Once, and other life lessons learned from quilters, where Susan talks to her guests about the joy, hope, and even healing that can be found in the process of creating something beautiful. I'm so thankful that my friend James Early of the Bible Speaks to You podcast told Susan about me and my podcast. I'm so happy to talk with Susan Smith today. Welcome, Susan. Thank you so much for inviting me onto your podcast. I'm so glad we could get together. Let's start with, where were you born and raised? Well, Paula, I would say I was raised at least a good chunk of my childhood really off the beaten track in a kind of unusual fashion. I'm Canadian, and so we lived in northern BC, northern British Columbia, Canada at that time. And we were developing a piece of property from absolutely raw land. So for about eight of my childhood years, we had no electricity and no running water. And so very much a throwback to several generations ago. And that's how I grew up. And I got to tell you, I have absolutely no regrets. I have great memories of those years. With no running water, did you have to truck it in or did you go to a river We did live fairly near a freshwater spring, and so I guess you could say we trucked it in. We had tanks, and we would bring it in. And in fact, in the winter, my siblings and I carried a lot of buckets of snow because we melted snow for things like dishwater and showering water and things like that. So we found ways. (laughs) Neat. How about a special childhood memory? Oh, boy. There's lots of those. And I grew up in a large family. I have just one sister, but I have four older brothers. And we were farming, and so I have a lot of good memories of outdoor time. Obviously, with no electricity, we had no television. I think I was probably 15 or 16 before I ever saw a movie, which most people probably can't even relate to, but it's true. (laughs) And so lots and lots of memories of outdoor good times with my family. Oh, fun. Tell me about your employment. I haven't actually held a lot of full-time jobs in my life, which sounds kind of odd to say. But, you know, in my teen years after school, I did try out a few things. I worked for an accountant for a few years. And so from there, when my husband and I got married and began our family, for a lot of years, I actually took in small client jobs. And so I worked from my home. And my husband has always been an entrepreneur. He was born one. And so we've always kind of done our own thing. So I went from bringing in clients in that way to we've had several of our own businesses over the years. And I've been, you know, either the record keeper or the cook and bottle washer. And over the years, I homeschooled our kids for about 15 years. And so I really didn't have, honestly, a specific education or career that I ever had. But it's always been creative and always enjoyable. And once again, you know, no regrets. Uh Uh-huh. I can relate to that a lot. My husband and I are entrepreneurs, and I homeschooled my five children loading them up in the car to take them to our business to do school there some days. 
those were really good times. Our kids grew up too, like knowing what we did to provide for them. And that it wasn't like job was completely separate from home. It was just life. So we did school, we did work together, we did play together. And it's, I think, a great way to grow up. Mm-hmm. It is. You grew up in northern BC. Where do you live now? I currently live in Spokane, Washington. Okay. And how did you get there from Canada? <laughs> There's lots of stories in there. Mm-hmm. I won't tell them all, but I'll tell a few. So my husband is an American citizen. So a few years back, oh, 10 or so, we were kind of wanting a change in our life and wanting some opportunities for our children. We had our youngest two kids were going into high school and we wanted some educational opportunities for them. And the area where we were living had a really, really high cost of living that limited us so much. And about that time, you know, had been the crash in the U.S. And I say crash in quotation marks, but, you know, 2008 and nine, and mm-hmm. property values were coming down. And so we thought, hey, if we're ever going to relocate, this is a great time to do it. So we spent a year or two exploring some areas in the U.S. and certainly exploring online and talking to people. And we ended up in Washington State, chiefly because it's the closest one to Canada, because two of our grown children opted to stay in Canada. So now we kind of have one leg in either country. And I have family sprawled in all those miles in between. And so it's much more convenient for us to live on the west side of the country than the east. So we've been really, really happy here. Oh, neat. Now, besides quilting, are there other crafts you do or have done? Oh, there's lots of those. My mom was a very crafty lady. And she did what I would say were the more old-fashioned crafts, you know, the knitting, the crocheting, the hand embroidery. And, of course, she made quilts and hand-quilted them as well. So I kind of, as far back as I can remember, I just learned to do those things alongside of her. Sewing has always appealed to me, so I can actually remember. I must have been 9 or 10 years old, and I was just begging my mother, let me sew, let me sew, show me how to do it. And that was in the period of time when we didn't have electricity, so I actually learned to sew on a treadle sewing machine. Maybe you've used one, but I bet you quite a few of our listeners haven't. But it's a bit of an exercise in coordination because you've got to kind of start the flywheel with one hand and then start pedaling with your feet. Meantime, your hand is feeding the fabric under. So it was a bit of a thing, you know, for a little girl to learn how to do that. But I fell in love with sewing early on. So although I do know how to do lots of other crafts, really, sewing and particularly quilt making is what I have decided to spend my time doing and what my whole craft room is arranged around. Mm-hmm. How about other hobbies? Let's see. I'm a cyclist, and I say that <laughs> with hesitation in my voice because I'm not a serious one either. But I do like to get out on my bicycle in the summer. And so I put in quite a few miles each summer, maybe four or 500. And that is a real pleasure because I love the sunshine. So that's an opportunity to be out in it. We have a number of friends who are card games players, so I would say that constitutes a hobby for me because it takes up a fair bit of my leisure time. And I also love to cook for crowds. And so I do, for example, events in our church I'll cook for. Just last weekend, actually, I cooked at a Father's Day breakfast, you know, pancakes for 300, not a problem. (laughs) And I cook for our youth and children's summer camps. 
it's almost like my holiday away from my quilting job. In the summer, I take those couple of weeks and go and just immerse myself in food and cooking and serving the food. And I do love doing that. Wow. I'm just picturing the big campground and the cooks were so needed. That is so great that you do that. It's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Tell me about who introduced you to quilting. You know, I don't know that I could put a time to it. I'm sure it was my mom because, as I said, she has sewn and made quilts for as long as I can remember. And I've been surrounded by it, honestly, all my life. I have in my home quilts made by five generations of women, which I treasure very greatly. One of them is my daughter. So that's really special to me, knowing that I come from quilters and I'm raising up some quilters too, I hope. Although my girls aren't really picking it up yet, but there's still hope for them, right? Oh, yeah. But, you know, so I have things like quilting designs, hand quilting designs that are 50 and 60 years old for my grandmother and great-grandmother and those sorts of things that I really treasure. So I learned how to make quilts initially in the very traditional way, which is, you know, cutting out one piece at a time with a little cardboard template and a ballpoint pen and a pair of scissors, you know, and then sewing them together and then hand quilting them. In my childhood, we frequently had a huge quilt frame, you know, straddling our living room and we walked all around it, played under it, all those things. So quilts have always been part of my life. What I do now, of course, is long arm machine quilting. And that is not something I knew, you know, in my younger years. And in fact, where I lived in Canada, you know, that we lived near a town, it was still very far away. And by very far, I mean 500 miles away from the nearest major city or quilt show or anything like that. So I never, up until 10 years ago, had attended a quilting class or been to a quilting show or was even aware of the industry, you know, mm -hmm. lines of fabric being designed and pattern designers. I didn't know any of those people at all until mm -hmm. 10 years ago. All I knew was how to sew quilts and hand quilt them. So this whole industry came as a bit of a revelation to me, really. How exciting. Is it overwhelming at times, all the industry? Do you know, I don't think so. I kind of, maybe because I came to it new and with stars in my eyes, I quite love it. And I came upon the machine quilting a little bit by accident. The first year that we were living in Spokane, my kids were going away to school for the first time that year. And I had a little bit of time on my hands and I thought, I want to make a quilt. Did that and loved it and thought, I want to make more, but I can't quilt them as fast as I have ideas, you know? Mm -hmm. So I went and took one class on machine quilting, kind of on a domestic machine. And that was how I started. And I did that for quite a long time and, in fact, started quilting four people on my domestic machine. And then I met a friend, and she has a really entry-level long-arm machine, and she invited me over to bring a baby quilt or a lap quilt and just come and play with her machine for one afternoon, and I did. And honestly, Paula, that day already I knew, yep, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do with the rest of my life. So the rest pretty much is history. <laughs> Isn't that neat when those times hit? You just know. Down deep, you just know. You do. And I feel very fortunate. At the time, I was probably in my late 40s. And how many people get to have this aha moment at that point in their life and find something they absolutely love? The kids are grown and gone and like, this is what I want to do. But that's how it happened for me. Neat. 
Do you happen to have a favorite quilt? I probably do. It was my first, I would say, big challenge quilt that I made. I think it's just called Butterfly, and the pattern is by Tula Pink. Lots of people may be familiar with it. Mm-hmm. It's a number of years since that pattern came out, and I bought one of the kits, and the kit I bought is in very bold and vivid Tula fabrics, and it's kind of a sampler-style quilt in that there's a number of different blocks and different types of piecing, and 40 different fabrics came with that quilt with no instruction like put fabric A here and put fabric B there. It was just, this block has three fabrics. This block has five. And you could make that any way you wanted. And I just dove in and played with those fabrics. I still have that quilt to this day because that was just such a eye-opener for me to think that I can take these simple, really humble materials and I can make whatever I want from them even though I was using a pattern that was as far as I knew to go at that point. But I still love that quilt. It just represents creativity to me. Yeah. I bet it's beautiful. Well, it won me quite a few ribbons, actually. And I think I got best of show, actually, with that quilt. How fun. Yeah, in our local area. But we have a fair-sized quilt show here. There's usually about five or 600 quilts. So, yeah, I was pretty proud of that ribbon. Wow. <laughs> When you're quilting, do you have a tool that you think of that you just couldn't do without anymore? My favorite tool currently, this changes from time to time. (laughs) My favorite tool currently is my seam ripper and not for the expected reason. It is a very all-purpose tool to me. And I know that you can actually buy something called a stylus. I don't have such a thing, but I use my seam ripper in all kinds of ways when I'm sewing, kind of as an added finger. You know, you can Mm -hmm. sew off the points of flying geese, for example. You can hold that little point right in under your presser foot and get it perfectly flat and smooth and it doesn't budge. Or you can nudge thick seams under there. All kinds of ways that you can use your seam ripper. And in fact, I recently made a Pinterest pin. It starts out with a little video and then it has photographs of all the different fun ways you can use a seam ripper other than unpicking. Oh, neat. (laughs) I have to look for that. Now, in the quilting process, do you have a favorite part of the process or do you enjoy doing all the different steps? I do enjoy the different steps. You know, when the creative mood is upon me, I quite like choosing a pattern and fabrics. I quite enjoy cutting out and starting a new project. But I think overall, the quilting is usually my favorite. That's my canvas. That's where my artistry comes out. I've never thought of myself as an artist in all my life until I got the medium of fabric and thread under my fingers. And so that is the part that I always love. Neat. I think I just heard you say on one of your podcasts that long arm quilting is like doodling. It is very like doodling. It's very like doodling and handwriting, but... I often say that when I go to quilt, it's like doodling with a 50-pound pencil with needle and thread attached. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. I have not had a chance to be around long arm at all, so I'm looking forward to that in the future. They're so fun. So fun. Now my fun question. What was your worst quilting experience? 
<laughs> That's a pretty easy one, actually. So there's a little backstory to it. In Spokane, where I live, we have a machine quilters guild. And in that quilt, we have an annual challenge called a treasure challenge, where each person receives a quilt top and they receive it blind. In other words, you don't know what quilt top you're getting until it's handed to you. You just pick one out of the draw. And then it's your job to finish it, clean it, repair it, whatever you need to do, quilt it, and finish it as you see fit. So this particular year, the quilt that I drew, it had a number of challenges. But the worst challenge was it was made from flower sacking and not nice flower sacking. It was very much like painter's drop claws. It was that canvasy, thick, almost crackly feel to it. And no matter what I did to it, no matter how much I handled it, washed it, used fabric softener, it maintained that hand, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. No matter how hard I worked on it, it's just a quilt that not even a mother could love. It's just not cuddly, not soft at all. <laughs> now, can you tell me why you make quilts opposed to spending your time on a different craft or doing something else? There are still other crafts that I enjoy, and I I kind of trade them off because a change is a bit like a rest. That's what my mother used to say anyways. So I still do things like hand embroidery, but it usually finds its way into a quilt. So I don't really know how to answer that, Paula. I just know that for me, making quilts is so fulfilling, and it's just what I am continually drawn to. So I do occasionally sprinkle other things in, but I always come back to the quilt making. Mm-hmm. I just love them. Who do you usually make your quilts for? Well, my children all have enough. Several of them have said to me, no more, mom. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot for family. Very occasionally I will do one. I say on a commission basis. That's not quite the right word because it's not usually for sale, but I'll do one on request or for a specific occasion, like might be a wedding gift or something like that or a baby gift. And I do a fair number, actually, to give away to various organizations. For example, I have a dear friend who has a little organization where she makes quilts for a NICU center, so a baby intensive care, and she just looks for small quilts for that, about 40 or 45 inches square. So I make quite a few of those. You know, that's just a small project you can tuck in here and there on a weekend, and I love to do that. Oh, neat. Do you have a project going on right now? So I do have a current project. I wanted a fresh new quilt for my spare room bed. I'm a scrap quilter, right? So I've got one going that used up all the kind of 30s style. Some of them are reproduction fabrics. Some of them are just similar in color and scale. It's all the 30s style fabrics that I have. And I used a pattern. I'm not sure how to describe it, Paula. I just took it from a YouTube tutorial by Lori Holt. I think I've seen it called X's and O's, Mm -hmm. but you know, you kind of have this 16 patch of the prints and then you have these X's of the solid background. Does that make sense? Anyway, it's a fairly simple design, but one that really lent itself to using a ton of different fabrics and just putting them all in there. And I've just got a kind of buttery yellow, soft solid for my background. Oh, that sounds pretty. I hope so. If you watch my social media posts in a few weeks, you'll See pictures of it. How neat. Well, Susan, do you have a quilting tip for me? One of my tips to quilters is find what you love 
And under that, there's a number of other tips. So here's kind of where my thought process is going. Over the years, because I've been quilting for a long time, I had quite a stash of fabrics that were even things that were my mother. She has long since passed away, but fabrics that were hers, fabrics that I bought, you know, in my teen years, whatever. And I felt kind of obliged to use up everything that I had. But over the years, my aesthetic has really changed and evolved. So I don't so much use the calicos and floral prints anymore. I'm much more attracted to brighter colors and things that read more as solids and a little more contemporary fabrics. So I've kind of given myself permission in the last couple of months to give away, to pass on some of these fabrics that I don't love anymore and move on to creating quilts that are really attracted to me. I mean, this is quilting for people is my day job, but making quilts is my hobby. It's my expression. And I don't want to spend that time doing have tos. I want to spend that time doing something that really invigorates me. Mm -hmm. Can you describe how you went from having quilting as your hobby to it becoming a business for you? It was a hobby for a number of years. And even though I was quilting for clients and even quilting for hire, it still was not a major part of our lifestyle or our support. And when I really shifted gears, Paula, it was actually early on in the pandemic. I know many people will relate to this, but my husband's work was drastically affected by the pandemic. And so at that point, we had to make a decision. Was I and he going to go look for other day jobs? Or was I going to turn my quilting into something that could support us? And ultimately, that is what we chose. And I'm very fortunate in that my husband is much more techie than I am. And so, for example, when it came to starting a podcast or when it comes to live streaming some quilting episodes or things like that, he can really be of benefit and can really carry that, actually. And so together, we have spent the last, you know, 18 months or so really building what was my hobby and my joy into what is still my joy, but now supports us. It is our living. Isn't it great to work together? It is. And I'm sure other couples have found this same thing. There is a push and there is a pull, and he and I are two very, very different people. So, you know, sometimes that causes friction, but at the end of the day, that also causes us to have real balance between us because what one lacks, the other supplies. And we both acknowledge that. So, yes, it is great to be able to build something together that neither of us could do all by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Susan, can you share with me what your business offers? Well, I've kind of pivoted over the months. I've kind of explored different things that I love doing, for example, pattern writing or blogging or things like that. But over the months, I've come to realize what I particularly love and I'm good at is teaching. And so giving a bit of backstory to that, the type of quilting that I love the most, I call freehand edge-to-edge quilting. So that means I am literally doodling, as we talked about earlier, with my 50-pound pencil across the surface of a quilt. There's no stopping and starting for blocks or for borders or for thread color changes. I'm just laying down a quilted pattern or texture over the entire quilt. So that's freehand edge-to-edge quilting, and that's what I love doing the very most. It is also, I have found, something that is intimidating, especially to newer quilters, but sometimes even to Long-time quilters 
who've always used a computer or followed a paper pantograph design. And to them, the thought of just striking out quilting with no pattern and nothing to follow is really intimidating. Well, I love teaching how to find freedom in your quilting. And so I have launched a, I call it a freehand quilting masterclass. And it's a really comprehensive look at what makes up good freehand designs. How do you develop them? How do you make them easy to repeat and to duplicate and to move across the quilt top? And within the class too, I give a huge repertoire of quilting designs. And then I build on that into this method of, I call it deliberate practice, which is not my own term. It's used in golfing and in music and in all kinds of ways, but I apply it to quilting in that you can take this very daily sort of bread and butter, edge to edge quilting. And while you're doing it, you can be focused on really elevating your skills, really learning how to make smooth circles or straight lines or even spacing. And all of those skills are just built while you're doing your daily simple quilting. So I love teaching that sort of stuff. And then too, because teaching is what I love, I offer kind of as a support to that, what I call live and unscripted streaming episodes. So I get on my YouTube channel every second Monday morning and I quilt live and in real time an entire project from end to end. And so all the people that are viewing can just watch this happen, you know, warts and all, thread breaks, uh, needle breaks. I've had that happen. Cameras falling over. I've had that happen too. I'm embarrassed to say. But you can just basically watch over my shoulder as I quilt this whole thing. And so it's not really a class. But it just shows you by demonstrating. So, for example, yesterday's project was a small quilt that had really wavy borders, which is super common. And I just talked my way through how I cope with that. You know, you can try this or here's another method or here's what I do here. And people can ask questions at the same time. And so this very interactive community going on and the feedback I get on that is really, really great. That that's as helpful as a class to just see someone doing these processes. Oh, neat. And I happen to hear that you call your long arm Lucy. How did you come up with that name? You know, I don't know if I have an answer for that. When I bought my very first long arm, it was a used one, and I just really wanted to give it a name. And at first I called it Lucinda, and then that just seemed too unwieldy, so I shortened it to Lucy. And then one of my dear friends bought me an I Love Lucy sign for my studio. <laughs> so Lucy, it has remained. So I have since upgraded my long arm once. And so now this is Lucy 2.0, but still Lucy, still oh. Lucy. <laughs> and we may have covered this already. When did you open your business? I believe it was early 2015 that I officially got my long arm and started quilting for hire. Mm-hmm. And share with us the name of your business. It's called Stitched by Susan. You know, not terribly imaginative, I know, but it does describe what I do. So I have the same name across all the spaces. So my website is stitchedbysusan.com. Instagram and Facebook are Stitched by Susan. Pinterest, we were talking about the pin earlier, about the seam ripper mm -hmm. and the ways to use that. Also Stitched by Susan, you can find my boards there with Lots of designs, a lot of the things that I quilt, I post pictures there. And we mentioned your podcast. I know it can be found on your website. 
Yes, on my website, there is a page for the podcast and some links there, but you can also just go to podcast.stitchedbysusan.com. And, you know, it's much like yours, Paula, in that I'm also meeting other quilters and talking about their stories and what quilting has meant to them. So your listeners, good chance that they might enjoy listening to my podcast, too. Oh, definitely. And I wanted to mention, I did look it up on Apple Podcasts, and they'll want to look under Measure Twice, Cut Once. Correct. And if you go to the website I mentioned, podcast.stitchedbysusan.com, that will give you all the various apps that you can load it on, and you can pick your favorite, whether it's Apple or Spotify or something different. Oh, cool. Well, Susan, thank you so much for sharing time with me. Is there anything else you wanted to share with me today? Wow. I think if I had a piece of wisdom, it would be follow what you love to do and don't be surprised when it takes you around unexpected corners. Be open to that. Mm -hmm. You know, who knew? I certainly did not know 10 or even 15 years ago that this is what I would be doing now. You know, who imagined that when the kids were moving out and I was becoming an empty nest that I would take up a whole new career? of quilting and teaching. But here I am. That's the corner I turned. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I really appreciate getting to chat with you. It has been my pleasure. Thanks, Paula. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com Or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening.